Simba, please do yeah, not right. stand on those wires. Okay, right, we're good. Uh <laughs> okay, that's going in. <laughs> so, yeah, hold on. He's just right here. He's just he he's looking at these wires with unrighteous un intention, and I, I it's not okay. Uh, Simba, like, please. You should clarify because this is definitely going in that this is Ewan's cat. This is uh, uh, this is my this is my my cat. This isn't um. Oh, my sister's cat. This isn't uh, the, the Lion King cat. Isn't Black Cat a character in Spider-Man? Can we bring that up? I was just being curious. I wanted to see if I was as strong as you. Uh, they appear, they, she appears in the video games based on the films. Oh, right. Yeah, she's in Spider-Man okay. 2, I recall. And she was cut. She was cut from the... We're getting way into this. We haven't even okay. said hello with Blue. Yes! We are Bleepcast. I'm Rob. I'm Ewan. I'm James. But the question is, why are we called Bloopcast? Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! No one says no to me! So hello everyone, today we're talking about Sam Raimi's magnificent Spider-Man. The first in the trilogy of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. An amazing, amazing superhero film. Probably one of the best superhero films ever made. One of the earliest superheroes, uh, superhero films ever made. Predating the MCU, predating the DCEU, predating a lot of modern incarnations of Spider-Man. And has continued to solidify and basically revolutionise the, you know, the superhero genre to this day. A lot of people, like superhero filmmakers, they turn to Sam Raimi when they want inspiration. It's amazing. It's It changed there's, it's done and had a huge impact on culture. It actually introduced the 12A age rating into the British uh, media. Not quite. And I'll get on to that. Everyone's minds and okay, I was wrong, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's an amazing film that continues to inspire filmmakers to this day. I love it. It's an inspiration to me. It's one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in cinema as a child. I'm very excited to see it. Uh, see it. Speak. Speak about. It. And also probably see it again. Probably and, after we finish this. And we have so, a yeah. special guest called <laughs> Aang. Do you want to introduce yourself? Because I feel like James. James. James was meant to introduce you, but then uh, he, he's. He, he's. I forgot very, to do that. He, Sorry. He's very. He's very. It's <laughs> all good. It's all right. But hi, I'm Aang. Um, thank you for having me, guys. By the way, just first of all, you know, really honored to be to be part of the show today. Yeah, Eng is a streamer and he's a talented musician as well. You can go check out his Twitch stream. We're going to link. We'll link it. We'll link it in the description. Uh, so check him yeah. out. He's really cool. <laughs> really cool guy. Really cool streamer. I have had a, many a good time on Eng's Twitch streams, as he will Indeed. tell you. Uh -huh. Yeah, no. So I fully <laughs> recommend. He is a good chill guy to listen to <laughs> while playing Lego Star Wars. And the worm, and, oh, and thanks, the guys. worm, uh, worm games, yeah. Worms, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, yes, we've we've, we've battled many times. We really we? have, yeah. Or, well, you were you were trying to get me to figure out how to get worm working on my computer because my computer's ain't. That's right. <laughs> at the moment, I'm also streaming Scalectric slash slot cars at the moment. So if people are interested in that, yeah, you can check me out there if you're into that stuff. But. Yeah, that's all. That's me done. <laughs> I, I have enjoyed your slot cars. They are very cool. Wicked. Thank you. <laughs> Something, it's a little hobby I've, I just recently got back they into. They are a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a very old, old hobby. 
No, we're all about hobbies here. Rob is all about exactly. painting his warhammers, if I recall. And, oh, and I'm all, and cool. I'm all a, yeah, no, and I'm all about um We'll skip over this. I don't have any hobbies, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> cosplay. Right. You like cosplay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do I do like to dress up. It's true. I'm putting together a Misty costume from Pokemon. Anyway, sorry. We're talking about, yes, yeah. Sam, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. <laughs> do we want to talk about how we all kind of got introduced to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man film? Like how our first encounter with it, basically. Yeah, of course, yeah. I've got, uh, yeah, I've got a whole thing here. So I was first made aware of Spider-Man I think before the movie was mainly through the 90s animated series but I think the only episode I really have distinct memories of watching when I was really young as in before the movie was the last episode where all the Spider-Men from different universities teamed up and there's a couple of toys here and then which are named namely micro playsets are like little things that opened up with little characters inside when I first found out there was a Spider-Man movie coming out when I went to the cinema to see The Fellowship of the Ring as there was a poster for the film oh. on the way in. And I think I actually told this part of the story in our Fellowship of the Ring episode. Mm. But I was slightly confused when I first saw the trailer before Fellowship started as it was preceded by a trailer for Attack of the Clones and there was a fault in the cinema which meant the audio that was supposed to be accompanying what was on the screen wasn't working, so the Imperial March was playing over the Attack of the Clones trailer, which I thought, oh, that's pretty standard, it's Star Wars. And then the Imperial March continued when the Spider-Man trailer started, so for a moment I was like, what is Spider-Man in Attack of the Clones? And because of this, these two movies are linked together in my mind. Is that a... Is that a crossover we're set to have in uh, in the new Disney world of Fortnite as well? Uh, oh, uh, no. oh, don't go no, there. Sony will get involved. Let's not go there. Yeah, but, but it I remember... to me it seems like the crossover yeah, had started already. It all began at Rob's screening. Yeah, yeah, I remember Lego sets for the movie coming out under their Lego Studios line, which was a line themed around making movies. Some sets came with like this little camera that connected to your computer, so you could make little stop motion movies of your Lego. And I had the set which was the Green Goblin, mm. which I bought on a ferry to Ireland. I was about, I think, eight when the movie did come out. And, of course, controversially at the time, I wasn't able to see the movie because it was rated a 12. And I think me and the, the, some of my friends mm. in the class... Um, God damn it. We always used to brag about seeing the movie, even though we obviously hadn't. We'd say things like, oh, my dad snuck me in a bag to see Spider-Man. Well, like, well, like stuffed inside like a rucksack or something. What? Or like, like a sports <laughs> bag or something. Yeah, I, because when, the, wow. when I was told this, my eight-year-old brain thought it was snuck in like a carrier bag. I don't know how you'd fit an eight-year-old in a carrier yeah. bag. So <laughs> Maybe a suitcase. Yeah. A sports direct bag. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> the only way we could experience the movie at that age or at the time because a few months later we were able to see it which I'll get into later on. We could experience the movie through the movie story picture book which I think one of my friends had and I remember looking through the picture and seeing stuff like Spider-Man in his wrestling suit and thinking, "Oh, this looks like a cool movie." It's a shame I can't see it. I think I first saw the movie about a year after it came out because my cousin had the DVD and I borrowed it, uh, took it and watched it the next morning and I enjoyed it, but it was a few years before I saw it again. But at the time, what I did watch was the 2003 animated series, which was kind of a sequel, kind of not a sequel to the movie, which a couple of years later I found that was animated by Mainframe, 
the creators of Reboot, which you did an episode on pretty recently. And that was a show I remember watching when I was about 10 on Nickelodeon and getting really into that. And then I remember being really confused because the last episode ends with um, Peter giving up his Spider-Man lifestyle, putting his Spider-Man suit into a suitcase and sending it all out to sea. And then there was no other episode after that. I was like, what was that the end? Then when I was 13, I got a DVD box set of Spider-Man 1 and 2 which came free with a subscription to Empire Magazine, as this was around the time that Spider-Man 3 was released. I particularly remember watching the first Spider-Man film a lot, and while in recent years I've kind of gone towards Spider-Man 2, which I, I think is the better movie, I still enjoy the first one. I do go back to these movies every so often, and while I feel I've moved on to like Batman and DC, I do have a lot of Spider-Man, love, I have a lot of love for Spider-Man, and these movies are a big part of that. Like, I went to see Doctor Strange 2 a few months ago, I wouldn't have seen that movie otherwise, but because it was directed by Sam Raimi, I went to see it. And yeah, that's my story. Yeah, no, of course. Amazing. Yeah, that, that was the big selling point of, of the Doctor Strange film, was just... <laughs> it's the Very guy cool. who did, it's the, guy who did the Spider-Man <laughs> films, you know, come on, like, of course. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that was exactly my reasoning yeah. as well. It was so, the marketing, yeah. it was genius. <laughs> Shame it sucked. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> no, and I'm not we, even joking. We, we, have, we, have many, yeah, we have many opinions on, on Bloopcast. As we'll find out next episode. Oh, <laughs> Silent Hill is a game. But anyway. Yeah, uh, just just off, off of Rob's, you know, story, it's very similar to mine. Like, it was my first experience of Spider-Man or my awareness of it, you could say. It was also the 90s cartoon. I used to watch it on TV uh, back when I was uh, living in Malaysia. And I remember one one morning I was watching watching the cartoon and my mom's like, oh, what's this? And then she was like, I was like, oh, it's a superhero called Spider-Man. And I think about a week later or something, the movie actually came out. Like, I didn't even know movie trailers were a thing back then. So <laughs> I had no idea this movie was out. But then, so my mom kindly took me to go to the cinema and, and yeah, we watched it there. And, immediately was blown away you know from the movie and i was obsessed since then and that's pretty much my first i think superhero experience you know like of the awareness of what a superhero is in the even the marvel uh universe as well so yeah i think that's my that's my story nice yeah no of course <laughs> i think i think mine mine's quite similar in the sense that um Spider-Man was definitely one of the first instances of a superhero that I ever came across. Mm. Um, I can't think like I'm. I'm trying to remember whether a, I. I don't know. I definitely saw Spider-Man before I saw Superman, um, but I. I didn't see the cartoon though. That was that was the only difference. I never saw the cartoon, and and I think my only reference for Spider-Man before it came out apart from you know we will you all kind of knew what spider-man was but i just remember that my uncle used to always kind of reference uh, like old superhero stuff when the incredible hulk movie came out you know the ang lee hulk film you know that you had the you had the hulk hands came out but i remember my uncle talking about like lou ferrigno because mm. he was referencing mm. the old 70s show you you won't like me when i'm angry mr mcgee don't make me angry you wouldn't like me when i'm angry <laughs> and of course, but 
alongside that was uh yeah the 60s spider-man cartoon where it was the you know spider-man (laughs) spider-man does whatever a spider can you know that was for me that was what was ingrained in the culture at the time and 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 that's what my my family knew Mm -hmm. spider-man as so it was very cool to kind of be the first in the generation to like or i guess the second in the generation really to in the family to experience spider-man but in such a cool new way like the film was and like rob i didn't see it in the cinema probably because of the the age rating issue but i remember seeing it at a friend's house I don't know how. I don't. I must have been like a video VHS or something at the time, um, because I distinctly remember the Green Goblin throwing a, a bomb at people and they turned into skeletons, which freaked me out as a kid. And then I remember having the Lego set where it was the Green Goblin with the the cable car. And, and the bridge with MJ mm. at the end of the film. So I had that. I remember having that. And then at some point, I must have, yeah, I, I'll, I'll have watched it. Oh, I, I'll have seen it probably because then I definitely saw Spider-Man 2 at the cinema. And then I saw, yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3 later down the line. I played the original video game on the PS2 for Spider-Man 1. Um, yes. I just... Re- yeah, yeah, great game. I just remember the very start because I was terrible at it, and I remember hearing the the line. Well, I remember Bruce Campbell, uh, of course, did the tutorial, and but I also remember, yeah, like the very start. It's great. I don't think there's any proper cutscene. It's just Peter Parker just going, Uncle Ben murdered. I have to find the guy that did it, and and that's it. You know, and that's that's you know, if you were a kid playing this game, you knew what the plot was. You didn't need to have a cutscene, you know, so yeah, and, and then I rewatched them a lot. I had the DVDs, I watched them a lot, and I've always been a massive, yeah, I, I always, t- it's weird now being an adult and realizing that I take Spider-Man deadly seriously. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter, like, you know, like, I like I, I, I saw, you know, No Way Home recently, and I'm watching it like the, um, like the Mad Men meme, you know, of, uh, uh, John Hamm sitting in the cinema with his cigarette. I feel like that when I'm watching a Spider-Man film where it's like, ah, yes, this is cinema. You know, like, <laughs> I take it take it very seriously. Okay. Uh, uh, that's me with Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Batman, like, blew my mind when I saw it in 2008 because that was, that was just after Spider-Man 3 had come out. So it was like, oh, this is the new kind of superhero. It's like all the dark and edgy stuff. Um, I'm talking about Dark Knight. I didn't actually see Batman begin, so... You know what I mean. Uh, Anyway, James, (laughs) how did you discover Spider-Man? So weirdly enough, with Spider-Man as just the you know as a um, bit of fiction in general, it might be the second or first most engaged piece of fiction I've ever come come across in my entire life. The only other thing I can think of that comes close to that is Pokemon. But with Spider-Man, I've played the video games, I've read the comics, I've watched the cartoons, I've watched the movies, and I've watched all the original movies in cinema. And I'm pretty sure I watched the first one when I was clearly underaged, but I did manage it somehow. I don't know if that's. <laughs> I want to say that 12A. Oh, did you sneak in? Did you sneak in of a bag? Yeah, no. Sorry. There was um, my dad had a little bag, and I crept in, and I was like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I watched. I remember coming across the Sam Raimi movie when I was about, I want to say, ten or eleven, and I got to go see it in film with my dad. And like Ewan, I actually was genuinely terrified of that scene with the skeletons and the like goblin bomb. I don't know why there was something just deeply. It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. It is. It's, it's yeah. As a kid as well, yeah. One hundred percent. And that's something I definitely want to explore a bit later on. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, but one thing that's interesting that is before Spider-Man, 
I was actually more engaged with Superman and Batman. I watched the original Batman, Batman cartoons Batman. before the Spider-Man cartoons oh, and playing oh, the games. Mm. Oh, well, if you watch the original animated series of Batman, I can understand why you'd be so enamored with it. Yeah, but also before that, I watched the Max Fleischer Superman cartoons on TV. We had it on VHS. And for some reason, obviously Batman goes without saying, I always kind of was freaked out by Batman because it was just like the way he looked. Mm. And acted, it was comparatively more sinister to Superman. But I always had it in my head that Spider-Man was also going to be sinister. And for the longest time, I was really kind of scared to watch anything Spider-Man related, even though mm. my brother and my family all love Spider-Man. But then I watched the cartoon, and then I watched the film, and I realised, actually, you know, he this is an mm. amazing superhero. This is like a really relatable superhero. Yeah. I remember watching it in cinemas, getting take, taken away by it. And also, because I was a kid at the time... That I hadn't seen much of the world, as it were. Mm. Just seeing Spider-Man, like you know, swinging around skyscrapers and all that, just like all this, all this emotional music and everything. It was just such a brilliant escape for me as a kid that I'd never gone to anywhere in America and stuff. Like that. And America felt like this other world almost, you know. Mm. Seeing that for the first time, yeah, it just blew my mind. But I think I'll conclude my story there. I think mm. it was a brilliant film I got to see as oh, a kid. Yeah. I can't remember exactly when I discovered mm, yeah. Spider-Man in general. It's, I think I want to say it's either the cartoon or the video game, but my experience with the film, I do remember it to this day, and it's, uh, it's a very beautiful memory. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You made a good point, though, about, yeah, like, the way this was probably my first ever encounter with New York, mm. like, as a city. I'd probably never actually seen it until I saw this film. Which is just such a mind-boggling thing to realise, because I think it is a great New yeah. Yorker film. Like a part of the greatness of it comes from the very yeah. end when everyone, when all the New Yorkers are help, <laughs> helping Spider-Man at the end, and they're going, "You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us." Just going yeah. the New York accent. Yeah. <laughs> it's so iconic. One thing I want to talk about before we get into like the meat and potatoes, as it were. Mashed potato, of course, badger mashed potato. Look, well, is James Cameron's Spider-Man because before oh. he started oh, yeah. making boring movies that. about alien cat people, <laughs> Jim Cameron films. was attached to direct a Spider-Man movie in the early nineties. Oh, cool! The villains were going to be Electro and Sandman, which is why those villains weren't in the nineties Spider-Man cartoon. And I think this script was where. The organic web shooters came from, and the actor set to play Peter Parker slash Spider-Man was none other than Leonardo DiCaprio. So we can only assume that Mary Jane mm. would be played by an actress under the age of twenty-five. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> 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 Beautiful. But like, but that's so interesting. Yeah, that it was going to be DiCaprio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I knew it was James Cameron wrote the original screenplay. But I didn't realise it was DiCaprio, which is interesting because Tobey Maguire mm. was good friends with DiCaprio at yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, so they co-starred in the Great Gatsby. Same, same, same circles. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were exactly. they were in another film. Yeah. They were in a film together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think yeah. But what stopped this version going ahead was I think rights issues. I think mm. like kind of in studio politics because it was under MGM who had the Spider-Man rights at the time, but Sony had the rights to I think Casino Royale as well as I um, think um, Thunderball. Because of a whole kind of political thing, not political, kind of like a whole thing with Ian Fleming, uh, which is for another story. This is a whole other thing, and they were scared of like having a rival James Bond franchise. So they negotiated with Sony. That's how Sony got the rights to Spider-Man. I'm probably really oversimplifying it, but yeah. Oh right, 
Okay, so wait, so they so Sony had the rights to Spider Man. No, MGM had the rights for Spider Man, then Sony got them through this negotiation with MGM. Ah, okay, oh. right, okay. So that's yeah, how so, so, they so, were that's, oh, so that's how Sony got Spider Man's rights. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah, it's basically because MGM okay. were scared of having a rival James Bond franchise, so they just gave them oh. Spider Man to stop that happening. <laughs> Right, right. Well, that was that was a funny thing I noticed was that Roger Corman, who was the kind of B movie schlockmeister of of the sixties <laughs> and seventies, he had the rights to Spider Man back in yeah in the seventies, and that just shows you how you know in oh those God. in those days Spider Man was just you know B movie kids fare like mm. it wasn't something that you like you considered to be a big like event like a movie event and yeah no it's it's wild to realize yeah and then so i knew that spider-man this film was in development hell from like the 1980s right up until 1999 because yeah like spider-man was a popular character and people wanted to do stuff with him it was just yeah there was all of these different rights issues and and weird financing issues and it was a whole like yeah it's it's wild but after 20 years, we ended up, we, we can thank the producer uh, Amy Pascal for wanting Sam Raimi to direct. So thank you, Amy, for putting him forward because, yeah, I think he, 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 he like pitched like for an hour mm. uh, yeah. to the, the, like, mm. the people at Sony, like his, his vision for Spider-Man because they weren't convinced at that point. But yeah, no, he, he, he explained that he was a massive fan of the comics as a kid and, you know, and it was, it was his passion to do this. And, but, you know, it makes sense that they would be wary because Sam Raimi was the evil mm. dead guy. He was the horror movie guy, you know, Dark Man and, and um, films like that. Don't, I don't blame them yeah, yeah. for questioning him yeah, <laughs> at first. Mm. <laughs> but, but I think that works to the film's advantage to a massive oh, like, for degree. Sure. The yeah. fact that there's... Oh, yes. You can see Sam Raimi's like, Evil Dead and Army of Darkness mm. kind of... Yeah. His, that like... That sort oh, of sensibilities, yeah, they're creeping in. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's like as some good examples of it. You know the bit where um, the goblin is born. It looks like something straight out of Frankenstein. It's everywhere, like just gothic mm. horror. Yeah, and like mm. the fi- final battle at the end where oh, it looks is literally in like an abandoned ruin yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. that is really brutal. I think, think what really does it is the slow motion, like the slow motion punches, just really like. I, um, accentuate the impact of them and it makes it feel that much more aggressive of course the goblin gets impaled at the end which is of course, uh, yeah, and he's like literally coughing up blood like yeah it's yeah like, wow we'll get we'll, i'll get onto my whole thing about this later but the B, the bbfc who rated the film in in the uk they said that scene was borderline a 15 right but because yeah. of the fancy context it plays within the 12 but i'll get into the whole story of that well, later I, no i i understand that though you know it's a guy gets stabbed at the end it's quite brutal so i, I do yeah. understand that yeah one from this film reminds me of is richard donald mm. superman because it feels like a comic book brought to life because as we've said sam raimi he clearly grew up reading spider-man comics in the 60s and this film's like feels like a living breathing version of those comic books and like yeah, the dialogue can be pretty cheesy, but I think the actors are mostly able to put it off because of Sam Raimi's directing and because you can imagine picking up a comic book in the 60s and seeing Spider-Man and the Green Goblin saying some of these things. You and there. me can rule this city, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> We're exceptional. I could squash you like a bug right now, but I'm offering you a choice. Join me. Imagine what we could accomplish together. What 
we could create. <laughs> oh, we could just fight to the death. No. We'll meet again, Spider-Man. We'll meet again, Spider-Man. You know how much I sacrificed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, William is perfect in this movie. Best cast, I think. I think best casting. He's maybe top ten best casting yeah. in the in the whole history of film. Easily. I think. What a wonderful. I think so. He best yeah. the best Green Goblin, and it's probably one of the best live action actors I've seen for a comic book film. Yeah. I actually think as someone that does like Heath Ledger, I actually think William William Dafoe is actually what? better. No, 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 you're right. Yeah, he, he fits the role perfectly. Oh, and speaking of fitting, um, I found a fun story about Willem Dafoe. Yeah, he, he insisted on wearing the costume uh, yeah. instead of the stuntman because he wanted to, like, he, <laughs> he felt that the stuntman wouldn't <laughs> convey, uh, convey the goblin's uh, <laughs> body language in the way that he was doing. His sass. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's such a sassy character. There's the bit when he's, like, when he's, like, leaning <laughs> next to Spider-Man and he's like, there's eight million people yeah. in this city. <laughs> in this city. <laughs> the one thing about the goblin that I'm not fond of is the mask, because it looks like a goofy, recycled Power Rangers monster mask. Yeah, I, I have heard of yeah <laughs> that criticism. Yeah, oh, I love it, but okay, I don't mind it. Too I much, don't though. know though. Like if if you I, the 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 original mask that they had planned, which was based mm. more on what the original costume looked like, uh, yeah. it, it, it's pretty. Goofy. I've seen that. Um, so I think they made the right call with yeah. having a kind of metallic mm. kind of mask instead of the yeah. kind of rubbery one that they were going for. But- Speaking of perfect fits, though, and perfect casting, I'm surprised we haven't really... J.K. Mentioned... Simmons. Yeah, you got there before me. Give me pictures of Spider-Man. He's literally a walking J. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson. It's crazy. Literally. Like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, um, you know, Stan Lee originally wanted to do that role, but he really? felt that he was too old at that point. Yeah, oh. and then, oh. and then I, felt, I think he felt... When he saw J.K. Simmons, like, just absolutely nailing yeah, the role. You know, you know like, what? Yeah. You you take the part. Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? I'll just... I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be, be cameos. rescuing someone from some rock. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just start in future Marvel cameos from now on. How about these? They wore them in the X-Men. Awesome! For the next, you know, 50 years. <laughs> His best moment in the movie is when the Green Goblin interrogates him, like, Who takes the pictures of Spider-Man? And because uh, it just shows that uh, a different side to the character because he's like, I don't. He could, he could have easily said, "Oh, it's Peter Parker." He says, "No, yeah. I don't know who he is." He he, he sends it stuff in through the mail. Yeah, it it does show it's a little a compassionate guy. side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you do. It, he does show yeah. that side yeah. of him. Yeah, it's true. Well, I think in the in the end, you know, like for all the fact that J. Jonah Jameson, like he's like, "Oh, Spider Man's a menace." Like, you know, for. He's still a good journalist, I think. Like he does a good job of like reporting the news. He just he like it's like with all journalism, he has an angle, and his angle is Spider-Man is a dangerous vigilante, yeah. which is like a completely fair opinion to have. So it's like yeah, like it's, 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 it's right? completely valid. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's it, and yeah, it's, it sells newspapers. You know, it's like ah, oh, Spider-Man, he's <laughs> he's a he's a criminal. You know. Um, yeah, no, it, he's a fantastic character, and, and they, and yeah, it's a great. It, it is good that they show he has some integrity. Speaking of the actors, I'm probably not the only person who's had this criticism, but a lot of the actors playing the teenage characters, I think they're fine in their roles, but they feel too old. Like I think the guy who's playing their teacher at the start is actually younger than the actors playing the teenagers. 
And it, remind, it reminds <laughs> oh me gosh, of yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, where you've got these actually like 25 playing teenagers. Mm. Well, of course, Flash Thompson went on to go fight Thanos oh, and like star in every meme possible and fight the whole Marvel universe. So I kind of. Yeah. I, 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 I don't like, want to fight you, Flash. I don't want to fight you. I wouldn't want to fight you. I don't want to fight you, Flash. I wouldn't want to fight me neither. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, Flash. He he sacrificed mm. himself to defeat. Fans. Also, slight. Um. This movie is <laughs> does have a slight curse because it has got James Franco in. I completely forgot he was in this movie. Then it started as like, oh yeah, he's uh, in yeah. this. Can I can I say though, like perfect casting for the son of Willem Dafoe though, because like they look decently you know they look similar i think i think it works really well like you look at him you look at mm. you know you look at the two actors and you go mm-hmm. yeah i i can see i can see that being a father-son mm. thing yeah yeah no so i don't know it and doesn't I, bother me too much at this point because this was like years ago so yeah and, and i thought the acting james franco did a good job anyway like his act you could mm. you could definitely see the yeah, like yeah. The, the rift between his, his character and obviously peter parker's you know like really yeah. you know, yes. brewing which i really really loved yeah um, you're quite right and that is a good yeah, point yeah. i have because um i feel the goblin himself he ties into peter's arc in the film because he spends a lot of the movie trying to be mm. a father figure to peter because he mm. feels their kinder spirits which is seen that stops he's like you yeah, know i'm yeah. something of a scientist myself and harry tells me you're quite the science whiz you know i'm something of a scientist myself <laughs> obviously harry's not as into that so he's yeah. latching on to <laughs> peter because at the end, Peter overcomes the goblin and says, Oh, I have a father. His name's Ben Parker. I've been like a father to you. Be a son to me now. I have a father. His name was Ben Parker. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Which ties into the, like, the start of the film when Ben's mm. trying to, like teach him about responsibility and peter is like stop pretending to be my father no and that's yeah. that's the wonderful thing is that the film does go into the the family politics of it all like it, it's it's not mm. you know it's it's not a story it's not as simple as just oh the green goblin is just this bad guy that spider-man has to beat he's yeah he's like a, a possible father figure for for peter because yeah like he he could nurture his scientific you know um knowledge and 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 kind of bring and yeah and and Harry is a disappointment to Norman because Harry's not kind of intellectual in the way that Peter is, so it's great it builds up this resentment from Harry but at the same time Peter yeah he realizes that like it's not about for him it, it it's like Norman's intellect is ultimately used for his own power and his own greed and that's what it's all about whereas of course Peter's learned from his well not his father but his uncle ben you know with great power comes great responsibility so you have this wonderful realization for for peter where he thinks well hang on i'm not i'm not you norman you know i'm not you're not i don't want to be like you i want to be like ben yeah and i want to do the right thing and i want to use my power for good it's such a wonderful oh my god it's so it's so rich (laughs) yeah it's so good (laughs) And, and it's a credit to Sam Raimi's writing yeah. and storytelling, isn't it? Like, it's not just about, you know, a flashy yes. superhero yeah. movie, um, is it? It's just weaving in all these yeah. little subplots, mm. stories and themes. Like, and they're quite dark and, you know, deep themes, aren't they? They're not just... 
superficial. Yeah, yeah. They're really emotional as well. When Norman finds out that Peter's Spider-Man, he's not, he's not like, oh, I've got to kill him right away. He's conflicted about it. He's like, I can't kill Peter. He's like a son to me, you know, in a way. Um, one thing we haven't really touched upon, actually, which is kind of... The plot? ...relevant to what we're saying, is that we haven't really talked about... Sorry, what? <laughs> I just, I, the plot? Just, I, I think um, we're, no, no, we're, let's, we're let's... on the basis that we, like, our audience will know exactly what Spider-Man is and the general plot of things. Uh, but, but yeah, no. Sp- Spider-Man's <laughs> about a kid who gets bitten by a spider, becomes a superhero. Right, done. Okay, move on. Sorry. Continue, James. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, 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 come on. That is the plot. we got to get more into that, because... No, it's not. All right. Um, this is Sam Raimi. <laughs> There's more damn it. Um, so this this is a point I want to make. Actually, is that the comics? Sorry, the films actually do break away from the source material of the comics quite a lot. In the same way that Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings do kind of take creative liberties with the films, and I think that that sort of works to its advantage in cap- you know capturing the modern imagination of what these characters are. Like in the comics, right? Spider-Man is just a nasty piece of work. He, as soon as he gets superpowers, he goes to, on to beat up the Fantastic Four, and he's like, "Hey, this is my resume." And when he finds out they're like a non-profit organization, they're like, "He's just like, oh, you're not gonna pay me? Well, screw you then!" And he just beats them up and swings away. Basically, that I'm not joking. That is literally the first Spider-Man comic. You can read it. It's ah, uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But but then Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Uh, so technically the second because Amazing Fantasy oh Fifteen. Uh, but yeah, it's the first lineup in the Spider. Spider-Man One is what I mean. Also, Spider-Man does steal someone's McDonald's in the comics as well. Oh you can look God. that up if it's you basically want. Basically, Bully Maguire. Yeah, basically. I think the, in the comics, I mean, fair play. He's a kid, but he's a spoiled mm. brat right. in the comics. Uh, whereas in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, he kind of I feel like he solidified this modern vision of Spider-Man being this kinder, more selfless character that's not out to be like an egotistical brat, as it were. He's set like. He's socially awkward and kind of humble in a way. And I think that's kind of like became this sort of solid version of Spider-Man that we know and love today. Yeah. He does start out with moments of weakness, though, because um, when he first gets his spider powers, he goes into a wrestling ring to try and win money to get a car to impress Mary Jane. And then when he doesn't get enough money because he beat the wrestler early... um, he gets angry and he lets the some um, like cat burglar get away with his money. And he's like, I missed the part where that's my problem. Yeah, it's it's an interesting... Yeah, I mean, the problem is, though, is that I think a lot of us would say, yeah, like, what Peter did wasn't, wasn't necessarily a, a bad... F- well, it wasn't the wrong thing for him to do. Because, yeah, the guy had ripped him off. But then, of course, yeah, it, it's this realisation that crime, you know, it, it doesn't pay sort of thing. Or, or you know, or, or turning a blind eye to crime doesn't doesn't lead to good things, yeah. ultimately, you know. And the consequences, yeah. I, I realise I went on a tangent, but with the story, it's a little bit more than just a guy. <laughs> I'm just summing it up. I'm summing powers. it up. For people who don't know, people who don't know Spider-Man, which is like no one, but in case there's an alien who's coming down and listening to our podcast. In case Venom is in case Venom is, is listening, you know he's an alien, right? If Tom Hardy's yeah. listening, oh no, yeah. He, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it is an emotional journey. Is the story I think you know of a guy that basically mm. learns through adversity and tragedy how to be a better man. It's yeah, like the, yeah. the sort of story of a, a child becoming an adult. It's a coming of age story as well. So agree, yeah, yeah, and you know it's a story about romance as well. This is, 
I remember seeing an interview with Sam Raimi yeah. saying, like, how do you balance all these genres? And he does a bit of everything. We've mentioned that there's a bit of horror, there's a bit of superhero, there's a bit of romance, there's a bit of, I want to say even a bit of comedy in place. A bit of slaps, slapstick comedy. Slapstick comedy. Yeah, there's a lot going on oh, in this yeah. film. Um, it can be sim- simplified as, you know, a guy gets bitten by a spider, but it's a lot going <laughs> you were, on. You were so um, wild up by that. That's amazing. I've <laughs> never, never heard you say that. It's more about... <laughs> I want to say, as we're talking about the character, Tony Maguire is perfect Spider-Man, even though he is a bit too old to be playing a teenager. Yep. I think he was like 26 or something when this movie yeah. came out. Yeah, <laughs> but that that's quite typical for Hollywood. Yeah, I think he was able to pull off the nerdy side of the character as Peter Parker and then when he had the Spider-Man suit on mm. he was able to play up the wisecracking side yeah. when he's in the Spider-Man suit. I know we've, we've kind of come around more on Andrew Garfield not now yeah. but he didn't he wasn't nerdy enough. <laughs> yeah I agree. Yeah. 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 Alright how about this? Alright how about that? Yeah, I know what you he, mean. He was almost like just a cool kid on the street, mm. Andrew Garfield's which, like, Peter Parker yeah, version, anyway. Which I don't have any problem with now. Like looking back, I'm like I I, I enjoy Andrew Garfield as as Spider Man. He's he is like fantastic in the role. But yeah, like I think at, at yeah. the time we were so mm. used to Tobey Maguire's Parker, where he was the kind of geeky awkward guy. It was so weird seeing yeah. the kind of skateboard kid, you know, the cool kid being spider-man mm, yeah but i know that james is a big fan of garfield and, and i yeah. recently watched the first amazing spider-man and i was one over yeah. so i'm i'm now a garfieldian as well garfieldian <laughs> garfield you fat cat you are so big and fat why are you so fat hi john it's what i do it's because everyone kept on saying my head and like andrew garfield so I oh yes a um, couple yeah. months ago oh, me yeah. and james went to london <laughs> film and comic-con where I think um, he was cosplaying as yeah. Spider-Man, and mm. when he walked around without this mask, we had about I don't know how many, like at least eight people coming up and saying, "Oh my God, you look just like Andrew Garfield." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it made me so happy. It's great. It's great. This has happened in school school as well, yeah, James, it hasn't did. it? Like, um, um, and now sixth wow. form. It's it's <laughs> either that or Tyrion. I'm guilty of a far more monstrous crime. I'm guilty of being a dwarf. And neither of these are bad comparisons. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, no, and um, yeah. I mean, you wear glasses as well. It's a, it's kind of amazing. Your 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 Peter Parker, James. You complete the look, James. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shocks, guys. Exactly. But um, yeah, no, but to- <laughs> no, I I I agree though. Toby Maguire gives such a wonderful performance in this, and I, I think it's recently. I've, I'm starting. I know what I know. What you said, Rob, about Spider-Man Two. I think most people agree is probably the more successful film as the, a Spider-Man film. But I'm mm. recently I've been leaning more and more towards this film as my favorite. Same. And I think I think mm. it is because of Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst for me. I think they just give wonderful performances as Peter and MJ. Mm. I love the mm. conversations they have every now and then. You know, you have the the scene of MJ and and Peter in the in the backyard, and you know MJ's telling him about you know oh you know I'm thinking of becoming an actress and then there's a wonderful moment so obviously at this point she's dating flash mj is not interested in flash i can tell you this right now as a character as a person she is not interested in a guy like flash yes it's very clear what i love though is because she comes from a very abusive 
family where, you know, we hear her parents screaming at each other, her dad's horrible to her, and I do think that her relationship with Flash is a kind of, it, it comes from a kind of safety net idea where she's kind of terrified of, you know, oh, I, I need someone to protect me sort of thing, which again, later on, she sees that in Spider-Man and who she then develops a crush on. Yeah, and then there's this wonderful moment. She's just chatting to Peter and they have this beautiful heart to heart. And then she run and then like Flash is like, hey, come check out my new car. And she runs off and she's like, oh my God, it's gorgeous. And it's like, oh yeah, she's a great actress because it's a defense mechanism. Like she she's had to learn <laughs> to pretend to do things like or, or to mm -hmm. pretend to like things if that makes sense like because to survive her her house her, her like her family life i don't know i just yeah. it's, it's a amazing yeah. characterization mm. of of mj and and it continues yeah. on you know she's mm. later on she's worried about harry like mm. feeling uh see yeah. like considering mm. her as lesser or, or low when she's working as a waitress and she's dating him at the time and she, there's all this insecurity and i love it it's it's so wonderful because then peter's there to you know, he, he kind of, like, bigs her up at the end. You know, he, t he tells her that wonderful scene where he's telling her about when you look in her eyes and, you know, oh, it's... I love the romance in this film. I wish more... Yeah, I wish more superhero yeah. films did the romance. Yeah. Yeah, and then at the end he shot her... Well, he has to push her away because he's terrified of, of what will happen. But the struggles of these characters are just very real, I think. Like, even, like, you know, Mary Jane in a home life that's like a, a, i've almost thought that was a bit too real for the film almost i thought bloody hell you know a lot of people go through that and experience that yeah pretty sure that's why lots of people uh, warm up to uh, this. that does come from the comics though because that was her yeah. backstory though although her parents aren't in the comics from what i remember because mj think moved in with her mm. aunt and it's her aunt who's living next door to aunt mate and when mj was first introduced in the comics her face was always obscured and I think mm -hmm. it's always a case of Aunt May was always trying to set them up together and Peter was a bit reluctant. Yeah. And then he finally sees her oh. and and she's like <laughs> this really beautiful woman and and she says this yeah. iconic line, face it tiger, you've just hit the jackpot. <laughs> Tony Maguire's narration I think is actually really cool. Like he has a good narrator's voice. I don't know what you guys think, but like when he narrates the sort of story and stuff, it kind of... I'd, le I'd, le I'd, I'd let him narrate my biography. The narration at the start was like, just made me think, this film feels so like late 90s, early 2000s. It's unreal. It like, it, this is certainly a film of its yeah. time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Who, am, who am I? You sure you wanna know? Who am I? You sure you wanna know? The story of my life is not for the faint of heart. If somebody said it was a happy little tale, if somebody told you I was just your average ordinary guy not a care in the world, somebody lied. Of course, the music at the end credits is very on the time. So you've got like this like some 41 rap rock and a song by the guy from Nickelback. Speaking of the music mm. in the film, um, there's a really good YouTube video explaining the whole soundtrack oh. and how all the nuance, little nuances in every single like, say, say there was the uh, with power comes great responsibility theme mm. it's all kind of linked to like the little little important scenes in the film like if you're speaking to ben uncle ben you mm. hear the the responsibility theme or if it weaves into like the swinging scenes you know it's really great i have to give you guys a link to, to watch it's so good this guy just kind of really dissects every single 
mm. notes in the in the film. Yeah, it's yeah. so great. The the Danny Elfman score is phenomenal. yeah exactly Danny Elfman. Oh, oh. it it's so, so good. good. Yeah. yeah, when I rewatched oh. it yesterday, mm. I, I sent the guys a clip of me literally going da 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 da. <laughs> you know, I just it's it's just so screams <laughs> hero, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it packs the emotional punch when it needs to. It's tense when it needs to be, but overall, it's just it's just really magical. Like no Spider-Man soundtrack is yeah, same with same with lot of superhero films mm-hmm. too. Mean, I will count that because I'm probably. I know you guys might not agree with this, but the Batman has an amazing soundtrack, and oh, that soundtrack too. Yeah. it just screams to me like. It's Batman. That that soundtrack screams Batman to me. Yeah, I think I think Andrew Garfield's mm. one is is growing okay. on me. His his theme. Yeah. Slowly, I wasn't a fan of it at first, but I think it's slowly growing on me. <laughs> I think you mentioned before. Yeah. I think it was Rob mentioned about the Superman influence, and I think that that's definitely one of this film's strengths. Is that you can kind of see the influence that film had on this one including the score you think of you know the john williams theme suit but also the the emphasis on the romance as well like a lot of superman's runtime yeah. is devoted to the romantic story mm. which again is the same in this film which we don't yeah. really get in yeah. a lot of modern action films generally just so, like you think of the scene of of uncle ben and peter in the car yeah. And I, I can literally probably recite the that whole scene. You know, Thanksgiving. It's so wonderful. Yeah, the thanks. That's probably that's probably my favorite scene, the Thanksgiving scene, just because we we really start we get an insight into the characters in that scene, where um, Harry at that point, who's dating MJ, he's finally got MJ to wear black. And why has he got her to wear black? Because his father likes the color black. You know, Harry's entire life revolves around pleasing his father, and now he wants MJ to please him as well. And how does uh, how, how does Norman respond to this? Norman turns around and says, all women are like, you know, she'll dump you for your money, basically. Um, she's here for your trust fund. You know, you we realize. Oh wait, no, Norman. He, it's not just the goblin. Norman is a horrible person. Mm. <laughs> like that's God, not yeah. that's not the goblin talking. That's that's Norman, just Norman. You know? Yeah, and also the tension when you know the tension when Norman realizes Peter's bleeding, and, and the just that that yeah that those quiet tense scenes are almost terrifying. Like. Yeah. yeah, and and the, and the the blood dropping. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the blood oh, dropping. Yeah. Oh, and it's done in slow yeah. motion to kind of um, yeah. <laughs> accentuate it. Speaking yeah. of blood, I want to go into the whole ratings debacle surrounding this film. So, I'm going to do a bit of context for the background. So, in the 80s, we had four ratings, which were U, PG, 15, and 18. I think one of the big differences between our rating system and the US is that 15 and 18 are strictly restricted to people of those ages, whereas in America, you can just go, as long as you've got an adult with you, you can go and see an R-rated movie. I think in the 80s, the big problem was there were movies that fell between PG and 15. So things like Temple of Doom had to be cut to get a PG. And there was stuff as tame as Gremlins and Beetlejuice that ended up as a 15. And I think to deal with this, the BBFC brought in a rating in between the two, which is the 12, and the first ever 12-rated movie was Tim Burton's Batman. There's still problems over the years because Mrs. Doubtfire had some innuendo that was a bit too much for a PG, (laughs) which meant when it first came out, it was a 12, 
and tearful families were turned away from cinemas until the BBFC oh actually got permission from Chris <laughs> Columbus to cut down the wow. innuendo to wow. get it to a PG. And then whenever a James Bond film wow. came out, there were complaints from parents saying they wanted to take their kids to see it, but they couldn't. And heck, just before Spider-Man came out, Attack of the Clones needed to be censored to get a PG. They had to remove a scene where Django Fett headbutts Obi-Wan Kenobi because that would have bumped up the rating oh, to wow. a 12 because at the time, the BBFC... <laughs> the yeah. yeah, the BBFC were really hot on headbutts in the early 2000s. Oh, my God. They were very, they were very strange about specific things that they got into their heads but, would be... But, it, but, yeah. it, but, it's fine, but it's fine to cut someone's arm off yeah. in the yeah. club scene. Well, that's, that's <laughs> fantasy, so that doesn't... <laughs> Jedi business, go back to your drinks. Matter, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so go back be- to your drinks. Yeah. <laughs> but because of the all this stuff, um, the BBFC started looking to making the twelve rating advisory for cinemas. I think Sony, mm. when they submitted Spider-Man to the BBFC, they requested a PG because they've done all the marketing that targeted like younger kids and stuff. But the BBFC mm, right. felt it was too much for a PG, and it was something they wouldn't be able to cut bits out to get it down to a lower rating. And like I said earlier, they thought the mm. final battle was borderline 15, but because of the fancy context, it was okay as 12. Obviously, this was quite sense. controversial because children who were who had all the marketing tools him with all the Lego and action figures and everything, they couldn't see it. And I think loads of children wrote wow. letters to the BBFC saying, please, can we see Spider-Man make its PG? But they stuck by oh. this decision. <laughs> but, oh, and several, but several cinemas just ignored the BBFC... They just said, "Oh, right. it's a, oh, it's a twelve-bit Spider-Man. You can go in." And oh. several local councils overruled the BBFC and gave it like a PG or PG twelve because the thing about the BBFC is That's local good. councils can overrule them and change ratings as they see fit, but most <laughs> of the time they can't be bothered and just let the um, BBFC <laughs> do their thing. And I think this was wow. what led to the twelve A being introduced, and the first ever twelve A yeah. was. Not Spider-Man, but the Bourne identity. And then after the 12A came out, Sony re-released Spider-Man alongside an advertising campaign saying, like, oh, your kids can now see Spider-Man thanks to the new 12A certificate. (laughs) Yeah, it is still not a perfect system because parents, they treat the 12A like a PG and just assume any film that's a 12A is appropriate for their kids. And then if the film's a bit too much, like, like The Dark Knight which is the most complained about film in BBFC history, they get loads of complaints. Mm. Like, this year alone we've had some stuff like The Batman was a 15, which I kind of get because it's a yeah. bit too intense for your, for a 12A, yeah. I think. And then Doctor Strange yeah. 2 was a 12A, and parents complained because it was a little bit more violent than your average Marvel movie. Yeah. A bit Sam Raimi. Yeah, the, mo- but, the moment that you hmm. say children can access anything, like... You're just going to get parents <laughs> complaining about it without actually looking at the rating system or, or the content of the film. And it's like, well, if you're taking your kid to see a 12A, that there's going to be implied violence or whatever. I think there's at least one swear mm. word, right? So, like, you can't go to these films and make complaints. It's just ridiculous. It's amazing to me that people even write to the BBFC yeah, I mean, anymore. I mean, at the time 12A came out, for me at least, it was good because... I think, as we'll get into in a couple of episodes' time, the two, how we'd see Lord of the Rings, the two towers, because 
if the 12A hadn't mm. been introduced, I wouldn't have been able to see it when it came out. Just as a brief kind of talk about, because we haven't really touched on it too much, but it's just like, the, I mean, we talked about, you know, New York and swinging and stuff like that. Just how visually cleverly done this light film is. Mm. Like, re-watching this, I think I prefer the intro to this movie, and shown in all of the, these three movies, more so than the MCU ones. I feel like the new ones make it look like a too much like a flashy Disneyland ride, yeah. basically. Whereas this one had that kind of comic book grit mm. to it. And the motion graphics at the, you know, the opening sequence of Spider-Man is just amazing. The, it utilises the uh, only the colour palette of the Spider-Man mm. suits, all blue and red. And it builds suspense, it's emotional, amazing with the um, soundtrack. And there are webs and skyscrapers everywhere. With it, I think it's quite dated CGI sure. now, yes. but at the time I remember just like yeah, being mind blown. Oh, yeah. It's a little um, it's perfect. Yeah. It, look, it looks great. I mean, you know, yeah, it's sure it looks dated on like a modern TV now, but like yeah. at the time it looked fantastic, and it still looks solid. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in yeah. it where I'm watching it going, mm, ooh, that looks sure. bad. Like you know, you can you look at it and you go. It's CG, yeah. But, um, yeah, you, you look at it and go, well, obviously that's CG, you know. Another thing that I thought was quite neat, um, you know when uh, Peter Parker's, like, looking through um, newspapers looking for money, basically, mm. in jobs, and he discovers the wrestling ad? That wrestling ad actually reminds me of the ads you do find between individual comics. I know you mentioned <laughs> oh, coming right, across yeah. these in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, podcast, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've got some of these old Spider-Man comics in my room, and you like you flick through, and then partway through, there'll be like this black and white like kind of ad saying like, "Oh, write in, and you'll get this, and write in for this opportunity mm. for a hundred dollars or something like." Like a hit the ring. Yeah. Like, all these kind of like magical things that are actually magic. I also am a bit annoyed at Peter Parker mm. for being criminally like criminally good at drawing. Like just ridiculously as if, it, as if he's <laughs> oh, not yeah, talented he, enough. He draws like a perfect Spider-Man scene. Like, he's just yeah, on his yeah. way to... It's almost like it's Steve Ditko. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A character designer, a logo designer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See... If they sucked into the comics, he would have made his web shooters as well. I quite like that it's natural, though. Yeah, I'm glad they ma- I'm glad they made that change because I feel like it's just an added complication of the Spider-Man character. Yeah. Like, just he could just shoot webs. Great, moved on. You know, I-, I never really understood the web shooter part, but then I I watched the film before I ever read any comics, so I guess I'm going to be biased Same. towards the film's explanation. But Same. I didn't have I didn't have any yeah pre-context to it, so I thought, oh, that's yeah. just how Spider-Man is. He yeah. shoots out yeah. of his wrists. Maybe his ass, who knows? In the comics, they tried to actually introduce natural web shooters as well. Like, they tried to add some, like, lore or something to explain why he suddenly got, like, mm. natural web shooters. And it's always weird, convoluted reasons. Um, <laughs> convoluted, James. It's packed in. <laughs> one, thing I wa- one thing I wanted to mention was I watched No Way Home with my parents recently. And obviously all of the the characters came back and they said, oh, you know, oh. great, it was Andrew Garfield. But it, it was the look yeah. on my dad's face when Tobey Maguire appeared. It was so wonderful. He just, he was like, oh, brilliant. You know, you could just see, mm-hmm. they were so excited to see and him Andrew, back. Yeah. And um, and that was lovely. So it was, it was great seeing them. And, and yeah, but I, I was just thinking of the scene where the, the scene of, of Tobey Maguire shooting the webs out and Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield freaking out was really fun. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> That's coming out of you? <laughs> Whoa! You can do else? that? There's a Shazam reference in this movie, which I thought was a bit interesting. There is. There is. There is. Is there? Yeah. The bit. Yeah. Oh, it's, I missed that. When he's going. What, what, go what is this? That bit. He goes Shazam. Yeah. Shazam. Oh, that bit. Go web, go. Oh, yeah. Shazam! Go, go web, go. Oh, duh. 
<laughs> hey, you know, you know what I noticed yesterday? There's a Superman mm. reference in this. There's a suit. There's a Superman reference when, uh, when Aunt May says she. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah she says you're not oh Superman. yeah. Right. So you know. You know like, you're Superman not Superman, is Peter. Apparently a comic book or a you know like maybe an, even a popular film series ah. in, in the Spider-Man world. Hmm. I know this isn't Spider-Man one, but Spider-Man two. I think doesn't doesn't uh, JJ reference um, Doctor Strange? He does. At one point he when does. He's trying, yeah, yeah. He's trying to he's yeah. trying to name Doc Ock, right? Oh, his assistant does. Yeah, Ted Raimi. Uh, no, Ted Raimi. His assistant does. Sorry, not him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. His assistant's coming up with names. He says Doctor Strange and. Um, JJ Shapes like, yeah. good, but it's taken! Science Squared. I love there's the little nods to Marvel stuff occasionally. Like, they actually were gonna have uh, Hugh Jackman. Oh, I've read this, yeah. Appear in, like, a, a post credit really? Yeah. So he was gonna appear in a post credit scene as a kind of tease of, you know, the, the X Men films. But apparently they couldn't find his Wolverine costume. <laughs> so oh. they, he literally turned up to New York to do the filming and they just didn't have the actual costume. So they couldn't do a, oh a Wolverine scene. He doesn't which I need. The suit. You could just go in no, his like normal no, gear. He could have just been Wolverine, yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, it just, just needs to top. I'm yeah. happy. I'm ultimately, I'm happy that Spider-Man was its own self-contained thing. But it is very funny that yeah. that was the reason yeah, why they didn't manage to do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe they could have got a, Blade. Blade oh. appears or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh no, I, lo I would have loved that. I'm just thinking of all the Marvel films at that time. Daredevil. You had X-Men, yeah, Daredevil, Daredevil and you had yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah. Ghost Rider. Yeah, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was was Electra was Electra that was, before? That was Electra, yeah. There's a brilliant bit of dialogue in this movie just after Peter Parker's bit, which I've only just noticed now and I feel annoyed at myself that I didn't notice. Now I have a feeling you guys probably would have noticed this. But when he goes home after being bitten, um he's like, Oh, I'm really sick and I'm going to bed and Aunt May just said do you want a bite before you go to bed? And goes, no thanks, I've already had a bite. And I was like, yes. oh, oh, That's an brilliant. amazing bite. Wink, wink. I never noticed that. I never noticed that. That's great. Oh, good, I'm not very the only good. one there. Very good. I, 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 I thought that was pretty clever. That's <laughs> very great. clever. Great I never point. noticed that before. That's, that's the other thing great I night. liked was the Parkers themselves are kind of down on their luck. It's not just Peter who's kind of struggling. Mm. I like the fact that mm. Uncle Ben, he's kind of like, he's just been laid off from his job and he's like looking on he's looking in the in the in the newspaper for like job ads and he's talking about like oh computer salesman computer analyst my god he, even computers have analysts these days you know computers, and it's such a wonderful computers, computers. <laughs> it's such a real scenario like i can imagine someone having that conversation yeah it, <laughs> it's a wonderful yeah, yeah. Like, and that's the thing and i love that in spider-man 2 of course you then do yeah. have you know all of them basically struggling for money like they one of the big scenes is yeah. aunt may going to the bank because she's like like having to sell her house or whatever or, or her house is being re her house is being repossessed mm. it's wild oh yeah mm. with um yeah joel from yeah. community yeah, yeah, yeah. is the bank man no, so it's 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 such a I think that's the the thing that I like about Spider-Man more than anything else. Yeah, is that relatability. It, there's there's no it, it's not Batman who's like a billionaire and he's so far removed from anything we can really imagine ourselves as being. Whereas Spider-Man, oh my mm. god, it was when we went to Comic-Con. Yeah. And 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 James was dressed as Spider-Man. The amount of kids that came up to him was the most adorable <laughs> thing funny. because like kid Kids go nuts oh, for Spider-Man yeah, because cute. anyone can be Spider-Man. Oh. Like you can all see yourself as the kid yeah. who gets spider powers and becomes yeah. Spider-Man. It's so good. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, and we had <laughs> and we had another 
there's another incident at the last Comic Con is I was dressed as Ash Ketchum from Pokemon and this oh, woman came dude. up to me and James saying oh my god I lo- <laughs> I grew up with Pokemon yeah. and Spider-Man can I get a this picture of you himself also dressed up as Spider-Man <laughs> as well and there was, he sent me this a while ago there was like a little <laughs> video where he would like dance with everyone and just sort of like saying hi it was just such a sweet thing there was little kids coming up yeah. to yeah. like, hey. <laughs> I just thought that was really sweet <laughs> if you want to have a good time Dress up as Spider-Man. I dressed up as Spider-Man as well um, at my old job in the toy shop. Um, originally, I was going oh, wow. to be Darth Vader, but there's there some mix-up with the costumes, so we didn't get it. So, lucky the manager had a Spider-Man costume that she was able to bring in for me to wear. I was just outside the shop for a few hours, just going, psh, psh, I'm Spider-Man. I couldn't talk. I wasn't allowed to talk because I didn't want to spoil the illusion that I wasn't actually Spider-Man because oh. I had a British accent. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Yeah, of course. Hello, I'm Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Goodness gracious me, I've That's got to get my Spider-Man goodness outfit. Goodness gracious. I've got, I must fight the Green Goblin. And then, like, the Green Goblin. Back in the gym. Like, Hello, good sir. I turned you to a game of fisticuffs. You and I are not oh, so yeah. different, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> Face the oh, wrath God, of my pumpkin t- bomb. Oh, God. I mean, he'd probably be a Tory or something. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's the American equivalent. There was a great meme I there was a great meme I saw of No Way Home where Norman Osborne at the end they cure him of the serum thing he used and he was like, "Oh, thank you so much, uh, Peter Parker. Now I can go back and become a military con- uh, a contractor for the military and yeah. develop weapons." It's like the the guy is evil before he becomes the Green Goblin. Guys, like he's a, he's literally a corporate overlord. You know. One other thing is um, we haven't we oh, kind dear. of mentioned him uh, related to other media, but Bruce Campbell. Oh. Oh yes, he's he's great. He's brilliant. Yeah. He appears during the wrestling scene. Amazing scene. Amazing. Scene. Yeah. That's the best you got. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> it's so funny. A human it's spider. Just... What? The amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> he got he my got name wrong. <laughs> yeah. The terrifying. The deadly. The amazing Spider-Man. He really goes for it, like being <laughs> even though he's like a character that appears for like five to eight yeah. minutes. He's just he gives it oh, his five, all, which is yeah, great. Five yeah. seconds. He, he, he's in his element in that scene. Like oh, he's having yeah. a great time riding up the ground. It's so fun, and I love though. I love that whole scene though with bone saw and everyone's got like the bone saw like they're like sawing off their arms with the bone saw models. Oh yeah. Gosh. Bone yeah. saw is ready. <laughs> ready. I got you for three oh. minutes. He <laughs> did. one point I wanted to make regarding um, Tim McGuire when he was narrating this movie. It's quite interesting because like I actually looked up to see if he went on to narrate any other films because oh, he got a nice voice. He went on to narrate Boss uh, Baby. There we so. go. He narrated The Great Gatsby as he was Nick Carraway in that. So yeah, that is very like true. He's very good in that. In that. Yeah, yeah. Besides Leo, of course. Uh, he was also in the film Cats and Dogs <laughs> as one of the dogs. Ah! I'm a secret agent. Cats and dogs. At what point did you forget that we're trying to take over the world? I think he was the main dog in that film. I actually like Cats and Dogs as a I'm kid. Just, that was a great yeah. film. Last time I saw it was when I was 14. For, for some reason, I was on the school trip to France and on the way back, it was one of the DVDs we put on. I don't know why they thought uh, 14 year olds would want to watch Cats and Dogs, but. Oh, yeah, really? I was I was eight when I watched that. It's a very kid kiddie film. I think that Tobey <laughs> Maguire is probably one of the most recent examples of like protagonist typecasting 
because that happened, for example, with Mark Hamill, with, with Star Wars, you know, it, it's 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 a shame that when an actor mm. as talented as Toby and, and yeah, Mark Hamill, you end up, you know, they have this massive role in, you know, a huge blockbuster series. And then, you know, you ask people, oh, what what's Tobey Maguire been in since then? Uh, no Way Home? You know, like, nobody... It's a, it's a shame. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not fair that um, yeah. he's he's kind of struggled because I think, you know, he's a really talented guy. And, I you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy I'm happy for Kirsten Dunst yeah. that she's had a fantastic career since since um, Spider-Man. But, yeah, it's just... It's frustrating, you know. Yeah, and Elijah Wood's been doing, yeah. like... He was in Spy Kids 3, of course, and he's... And all kinds of stuff. No, Elijah, the rings. <laughs> no Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood is at a good career because he's he he happy produces feet. a lot of films. Yeah, yeah, Happy Feet. Yep. Yeah. If I could just talk to them, uh, appeal to their better nature. Beauty. When that crafty little trick pays off, you be sure to let us know, won't you? <laughs> yes. And Spyro. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Voice, <laughs> He did voice Spyro. Yeah. I was asked to be involved in what was essentially sort of a reimagining of Spyro. It kind of fell into the realm of being a kids' game for a long time, and I think the folks at Vivendi were looking forward to almost re-establishing the character. No, but no, Elijah Wood. He he does a lot of weird projects, and he he and you can tell he enjoys doing those. It's the same with Daniel Radcliffe is, is yeah. now playing Weird Al. Young Weird Al. Yeah, yeah. Like they're having a good time, you know. As, as they're as having a great protagonists time. Go. So that's the thing. I think Tobey Maguire. He's probably the last example of this kind of big protagonist char- like actor kind of getting shafted, which is a shame. Mm. Yeah, but have you anyway. guys seen a film called Porn? He's like a he's like a he, Toby Maguire plays like a famous chess player, but he's kind of like almost like a gritty anti-hero kind of character. Is it like porn? Is oh, in like okay. a chess porn? Nice. Like, yeah. Like, oh, like a chess porn. Like... Yeah. So so not yeah. not porn. no no of course yeah. but no. Um, <laughs> no, he wasn't in a porno. That's for sure. <laughs> Hello, this is James, the audio editor of this podcast. What Eng was actually trying to say is porn sacrifice, not just porn. The film is called Porn Sacrifice. Just to clarify that. Thank you. Carry on listening. Yeah, yeah it was also Hayden Christensen, but that's a bit different because he was kind of bullied. No, no well, well, no, you're thinking of, of Jake Lloyd, but no, I, I, no, Hayden Christensen, though, yeah. No, Hayden Christensen got a lot of backlash for his oh, performance. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, and that was unfair as well. So, yeah, no, Hayden Christensen's another good example. Related to porn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> so I, I was looking up the origins of Spider-Man and, and like the actual character and it was so funny because there, there seems to be a lot of different origin stories. Stan Lee claims to have come up with it, but then Jack Kirby kind of has his own angle on what happened and, and Steve Ditko is kind of happy to be there. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of <laughs> made the entire character and then Stan was involved. You know, so they all kind of disagree on how it started. But one of my favorite stories was Steve Ditko was apparently roommates or like he was in, you know, art college or whatever at the time. He was roommates with an artist called Eric Stanton. And I came up and I was on Wikipedia and Eric Stanton, it came, I looked him up and, and it came up as a fetish artist. Oh. And Oof. Eric Stanton was, say, was, was saying that, yeah, the whole concept of the web slinging and, oh. you know, like tying stuff up came from Eric Stanton, from this guy, because <laughs> he did a lot of art. That was all to do uh, with ropes, we shall say. Um, so I, I was thinking of something really completely different. <laughs> and it has made me think that 
Oh no, um, it's, Peter it's becoming... very it's very tasteful. It's very yeah, because tasteful. Peter becoming Spider Man <laughs> is kind of an allegory for puberty, as it were. That's true. Mm. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't and that angle. It wasn't that angle. He even chews uh, a lot of white stuff. <laughs> uh, well, as, coming as out they, of his as, body. As they, <laughs> as, as they said in No Way Home, you know, does it come out anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. So I just thought that was a funny because they were trying to figure out where all the influences came from. So it was very funny to come across this idea that yeah, it was the whole yeah. idea of tying people up. It it goes back to Wonder Woman was also had um a, a lot of kind of BDSM themes when it was originally conceived. It's, oh my god, Com- mm. comic books say eh, when you realise that deep down a lot of these artists were just horny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, another interesting point about the creation of Spider-Man is Stan Lee's publisher, they didn't want to, Stan Lee to make the character because mm. I think Stan Lee pitched him and his publisher was this guy, I think, I forget his name, but he was like, people hate spiders, you can't have the main character be a teenager. <laughs> and I think it only came up because a series called Amazing Adult Fantasy was being cancelled and Stan Lee just took the word adult out of the title. Uh, and uh, so it was Amazing okay. Fantasy. Because it was like yeah. the last. It, it was like it's the last issue, so I'm just going to put this Spider-Man character in yeah. there. And of course, mm. it was like a massive success. And then the publisher's like, "You know, this Spider-Man, you should do something with him." Yeah. <laughs> well, they, yeah, and, and I, I I give props to Stan Lee because he did he did stick to his guns there because yeah. there was another point that people at the time were saying, "Well, he's a kid, so he should be called Spider Boy." Because you think in those days, you know, Superboy, and and you had all these kind of kind of kiddie names. So you had the kids, and then you had the adult superheroes. Mm. And he was like, no, 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 I want it to be a coming of age story. So it's going to be Spider Man, much better name. And uh, yeah, it was great that he stuck to his guns on that. And and yeah, and he he cited two inspirations. He said that uh, it was after seeing a spider climb up a wall, yep. which yeah, given, but also the spider, which was apparently a pulp magazine character from the 1930s, which he had been kind of some yeah, similar in a similar way to the to batman being inspired by the shadow which was a, a radio and comic book oh, yeah. character in the 30s as well so it all goes back a very long time all of these influences yeah. they're all you know like it's it's very cool and and I, I love i love that at every generation we've all there's always been a generation since the 60s that they've wanted to do tv shows and films of spider-man it's it's great you know oh can i mention just one more thing yeah, actually? Cool. yeah, yeah go, for, go it. for it did, did you did you guys see, so the trailers for this movie i think initially they had the twin towers in it but then did you did, did does anyone know about this yes yeah. <laughs> i was telling you about this oh, yesterday uh, actually yeah we talked about it yesterday yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a there's a a trailer where spider-man he he uses webs to catch a helicopter in between the two towers yeah <laughs> yeah and then mm. not, not the two towers it's not really the twin <laughs> towers and then 9-11 yeah, happened yeah. and well, yeah. everyone out, didn't yeah. want and then they, they had people to, didn't want to see anything had, to do they had with to cut the around the buildings yeah. Yeah. So. yeah 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 well there's a really interesting there is one note of 9-11 and it's when it, there's the wonderful scene where they're interviewing all the char- all the, the people on the street oh, about Spider-Man that, that, so love got, those scenes so, <laughs> so, you, so you've got Lucy Lawless from, from Xena going guy with eight hands sounds hard yeah uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and um, and uh, again, a bit of a erotic stuff going on here. But um, but then one of the people they interviewed, I think, was it was either a real worker at the time or they, an actor pretending to be a worker. But they were filming in front of the the cle- the building site of the nine eleven. No wreckage. way! What? Um, and it, and it, yeah, and it's the bit when the guy is, is, is like, like, I, I don't like going, him. Is that is it that one? No, 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 no. It's one of the construction guys, and he's going like, he, he swings around and, you know, he protects the people. Oh, that guy. You know, and, oh, and it's such okay. a wonderful, yeah, and, and it's such a nice little, yeah, not, you know, it's a little nod oh. to what happened. And, and yeah, and ultimately it's a New York film. It's about Spider Man. He, he, he looks York. after us. He, yeah. You know, he's a good guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's one of us, you know. Oh, and and I really love sweet. that. I love that. He, that's always been a theme in in every Sam Raimi film, and in the Andrew Garfield film as well. Is, yeah, is, at the end, kind of New New Yorker spirit. Yeah, you know, all the cranes uh, lining they're up. They're all working him. together. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like he always has New York on at his back, and he's a New Yorker yeah. superhero. Mm. I like the guy uh, when they're interviewing. Great. The guy's like, I hate him and I don't like him. <laughs> he stinks and I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a kind of weirdo uh, wackadoo wackadoo yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so to wrap up so guess favourite character and favourite moments I'm going to be very lovey-dovey because my favourite character is, is MJ kind of for what Aww. I was saying earlier about I love her development uh, but I, I was watching it, the film yesterday and I, I don't think I ever picked up on this before but um, so obviously there's the famous upside down kiss, which mm-hmm. is a great moment anyway. So I love mm. that moment, but there's th- just this brief moment. It's a great moment by Kirsten Dunst when she, you know, when MJ kisses Peter at the end, they're, they're at the cemetery oh, yeah. and they kiss. And then as he's walking away, you can see her recognize the kiss. It's, oh, it's fantastic and that's mm. when you that's when she realizes that, oh, it's... uh peter parker is actually heisenberg <laughs> <laughs> wait who are you you know who i am i do i am the one who knocks he's been um, cooking um, a whole, movie, whole other movie to find out <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, then they confirm. But it's also how Aunt May secretly knows that Peter's Spider-Man as well. It's again, there's all this little little touches by the actors where they kind of hint that they they know the truth. But oh, it's oh, it's fantastic. Anyway, yes. Yeah, sorry. Who's who's next? <laughs> I, I I can go next if you want. I'm just going to be silly, and um, <laughs> I think <laughs> my favourite character will probably be Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Um, yeah, and of also just just Norman Osborn in general and my mm. favourite moment and I'm going to stand up and do this is the bit where he stands up and goes you can't do this to me I started <laughs> this company you know how much I like a but you can't do this to me I started this company you know how much I sacrificed <laughs> great, that bit, great, moment. great moment I'm going to be very boring and say my favourite character is Spider-Man because Spider-Man yeah, is cool choice. Yeah. he's very relatable yeah. Yeah. and no. mm, he's a great favourite moment um, I, like, I really like the final battle it's a bit cli- again a bit cliche but it's just a really wealthy well filmed scene it's very brutal, very. But I do also like the scene where the Green Goblin interrupts the the parade and has this first oh, yeah. battle mm-hmm. with Spider Man, and as he goes away, we'll meet again, Spider Man. Yeah. That's the movie just honing in on its um, pure like 
1960s Spider-Man mm. comic brought to life vibe. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Nice. Oh, it's it's yeah. great. My favorite, mine's going to be like Rob. I think my favorite character is also Spider-Man, but special mentions to the Green Goblin, and because um, William Dafoe just does such a great job, and I, th- I think he steals the show as well. Um, in terms of favorite moments or moments, I, I think I really like the scenes where the Green Goblin's like, you know, when he's talking to the mask, but he's actually talking to his alter ego. Oh yeah, those yeah. are really those cool, are really cool yeah. scenes. I think yeah. those are just really yeah. I've just never seen anything like. That like done before as a kid as well, so yeah, I think mm. definitely those moments and and yeah, the final battle as well when he like, especially when he crumbles the wall onto the Green Goblin, that was very satisfying. Great moments! Cool. Oh my god, what a brilliant film! <laughs> so many, to, so many to choose I've been from. Really- <laughs> yeah, I've been so glad to. I I love the moment in that final fight when the he's got the glider stabbing at at Peter oh, yeah. and then it stabs him and 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 you just have that wonderful <laughs> cut. Where oh, like, oh, the reaction! He's oh. just like oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, um, great touch. Brilliant yeah. so, touch. So, so, Ewan, what are we talking about next time for our spooky Halloween episode? Ooh. Yeah, so we are having a spooky, spooky Halloween. And this time we are still remaining in the world of video game survival horror. Because this October we will be discussing the video game, the original PlayStation 1 game, Silent Hill, which is a dear, dear game close to my heart for one of being one of the spookiest, spookiest games and wonderful, iconic video game, wonderful horror game and, and, a, and a great PlayStation 1 game and a great game of that era of the 90s. So great that it, it got a movie yes. being one of the few actually pretty solid video game films although that we'll talk about that there's some criticisms most people have of it no it's a i'm very excited to discuss silent hill so am i i'm really excited to get into silent hill as well and looking forward to replaying it as well yeah nice. yeah, yeah yeah look forward to hearing okay. it okay yeah until next time the blue cast bids you yeah. farewell Thank, thank you for and, listening, guys. And thank you for having me on um, as well, by the way, guys. Yeah. You know, really appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Thank you, thank you for coming, coming along. No problem. Thank you so much, Aang, I'm, for coming. I'm always it's around. so lovely chatting to you. <laughs> yeah, you too. And, like, I'm always around for Spider-Man chat. So, anytime, if you're doing yeah. well, Spider-Man I, 2 or 3. I'd love, to, <laughs> I'd love to do the movies. I'd also love to do the 90s cartoon. Yes. Yes. At some point. So we'll, I'm we'll up try for that. and do that. Defo. Yeah, because that would be really fun. Yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah. No, lots cool. of stuff. Spider Man. Spider Man. Radio. Radio Spider Man. <laughs> I might go watch some of that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Here comes the Spider Man. Here comes the Spider Man. Whatever life holds in store for me, I will never forget these words. With great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift, my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man. Thank you for listening to Bloobcast. We've been Rob, James and Ewan. You can find all of our episodes on Bloobcast.com. We're also available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We also have a YouTube channel where we produce shorter episodes called Blooblets, where we discuss the latest news in popular culture. You can find us on social media with at BlueCastPod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Please like, follow and subscribe so you can get the latest updates on new episodes. We also have an email address which is bloopcast at outlook.com 
So if you have any feedback or want to suggest things for us to review in our future episodes, please feel free to drop us an email and you'll get a shout out on the next episode. Please also rate and review us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. More engagement helps us a lot. And finally, please share the podcast amongst your friends and family. Help spread the word so that the Bloobcast Empire can become strong and mighty.